Welcome to In Focus, Immigration News and Updates. Today we're going to be revisiting the I-9 forum. This will be part two of a previous broadcast that we did. Before we get started, a brief word about who we are and what our services are. Immigration Solutions is a full-service consulting immigration and employer compliance organization that is uniquely positioned to assist our clients in developing and maintaining compliant employment practices. Our talented team offers in-depth I-9 audits, compliance training, both on-site and off-site. We perform partial audits, 10 to 20% of your active I-9s, or full audits, and we additionally provide our clients with a report of findings following the audit and provide specific instructions pertaining to what needs to be corrected on the I-9 forms. We also do training on-site and off-site, and we also work with our clients to develop policies and procedures to assist them in uh, I-9 best practices. Today we're going to be talking about the correcting mistakes on the I-9 form, storage and retention of the I-9 form, uh, technical and substantive violations, what they are, what the difference between the two are, and how fines are assessed. And we're also going to end with, with discussing best practices and how to um, uh, become better organized around how you process and manage the I-9 function in your organization. So correcting mistakes. If you discover that you uh, have a mistake on an I-9 form, um, you, you can uh, correct it, certainly, if, if it is correctable. Uh, you can choose to um, line out the area that you're correcting. We recommend that you use a different color ink, that you enter the correct information and initial and date the correction. If you do a new I-9 form, retain the old form, you should attach it, and a short memo to both the new and old I-9 form stating the reason for your action. If you have missing I-9 forms, in other words, you just didn't do an I-9 form for an employee, and you discover this, you should immediately provide the employee with a form I-9 and allow the employee the appropriate three business days to provide acceptable documents, and remember, do not backdate the I-9 form. So once you determine what you can correct, bear in mind that the employee must make the corrections to Section 1. We get a lot of questions from employers saying, gee, it's just an incorrect you know, birth date. Uh, can't we correct that for them? The employee needs to make the corrections in Section 1 as, as the employer needs to make the corrections in Section 2 of the form. Uh, remember, you cannot white out. You can't use liquid paper or the sort of strip white tape that they now have. You can't do your corrections in pencil. And so, you know, we do recommend uh, that you do use a different color ink. You line it out, you initial it, and you date it. So let's move on and talk about um, storage and retention of the I-9 form. 
I-9 forms must be on file for all current employees. Store the forms securely in a way that meets your business needs. You can do that on-site, off-site, in a storage facility, or you can store them electronically. Store the I-9 and your backup documentation that you photocopied together. Ensure that only authorized personnel have access to your I-9 forms. And make the, store them in a way where if you are, are asked to produce them, you can do so in three days. Your I-9 forms must be stored for three years after the date you hire an employee or one year after the date the employee terminates, whichever is later. So how do you identify the retention date? You would add three years to the hire date and one year to the date employment was terminated. Whichever date is the later date is, the, is your retention date. Uh, let's talk about uh, purging your files of terminated um, employee I-9s. We recommend that you have a separate roster for your terminated employees that were hired after November 6, 1986. Employers should figure out, like we just indicated, the two dates and come up with the retention date, the date that you have to Hold on to this I-9 form. Also on page 23 in the employer handbook, there is a retention calculator that can assist you in doing this. So you're going to purge the I-9 forms from your active employee population I-9s and store them in a separate notebook, for instance. You should have a, a separate tickler system for your uh, I-9 forms that are in this purge retention period. And your, your roster should, it should enable you to have the, the name of the employee that is terminated, uh, the date that they terminated, and the date that you're purging them from your system. And you mark that off and you get it out of the system and you can destroy, actually, that I-9 form. We're going to talk about now technical and substantive violations. Um, what is a technical violation? It's basically uh, document mistakes and clerical errors on the I-9 form. Um, if ICE comes in and they audit your I-9 forms, they're going to give you 10 business days to correct the violations after notification of what those violations are. If you correct the violations within the designated time period, it is normally deemed to have, it, it's, it's deemed that you've complied with ICE's requirements. If the technical violations cannot be reasonably corrected, the employer should provide ICE with an explanation in writing as to why they can't be corrected. And if ICE determines the explanation is reasonable, the technical violation will not be considered a violation subject to a notice of intent to fine. So let's talk about what ICE considers to be technical violations. 
Use of the Spanish version of the I-9 form, except in Puerto Rico, is a technical violation. Now, you can use the Spanish I-9 form to assist with translation purposes, but if you're not in Puerto Rico, the English version of the I-9 form needs to be filled out. Failure to ensure an individual in Section 1 provides a name that reasonably relates to them and the documents being presented, or their address or their birth date is missing or incorrect. Failure to ensure that a legal permanent resident or alien authorized to work provides an alien number, an A number, in Section 1, but only if the A number is provided in Sections 2 or 3 of the form or on a legible copy of a document retained with the I-9 form and presented at the I-9 inspection. Failure to ensure the individual dates, Section 1. Failure to ensure a preparer and or translator provides his or her name, address, signature, and date. Failure to provide a document title, an identification number, an expiration date of a proper list A, or a proper list B plus list C document in Section 2 and 3, but only if a legible copy of the document or documents is retained with the I-9 and presented at the I-9 inspection. Failure to provide the title, business name, and address of the employer in Section 2. Failure to state individual under the age of 18 if you're hiring a minor in Column B. Failure to provide the date of rehire in Section 3. So you can see these are all document mistakes and clerical errors in all sections of the I-9 form. These are what are called technical violations. So let's talk about substantive violations. ICE will issue an application for notice of intent to fine <clears throat> for hiring or verification violations such as knowingly hiring or continuing to employ unauthorized aliens, failure to fill out an I-9 form altogether, paperwork violations that result in hiring unauthorized workers, failure to timely correct technical paperwork violations, engaging in fraud and completing the I-9 form, and continuing to produce violations after previously receiving a warning notice or a notice of intent to fine for any type of discrimination and for document abuse, such as requiring more or different documentation for the purpose or with the intent to discriminate. So let's talk about now what fines are associated with substantive violations. Um, for instance, penalties for continuing for hiring or continuing to employ unauthorized workers. For a first offense, you're looking probably at not less than $375 and no more than $3,200 for each unauthorized worker. A second offense, not less than $3,200 and not more than $6,500 for each unauthorized worker. And subsequent offenses, you're getting up there, $4,300 and not more than $16,000 for 
for each unauthorized worker. So let's talk about, with all this being said, of what technical and substantive violations are and fines, what, what are best practices? What is the best way to organize yourself around managing your I-9 forms? You need a roadmap, and so we always recommend an I-9 compliance policy statement of how you intend to to handle your, employ, your I-9 employment uh, eligibility verification uh, compliance. Develop resources and reference materials for those I-9 specialists in your HR department or your hiring managers that are involved with the process. Designate specific people to do the I-9 process. Train them and equip them with information. Put them through refresher courses so that they stay current. For instance, now, in January of uh, 2011, uh, revisions were released by, uh, by the uh, Department of Homeland Security for the employer, the I-9 employer handbook. Make sure that your people know these things. And subscribe to a good newsletter. Immigration Solutions has an employer compliance newsletter that we send out every month that has valuable information that those charged with the I-9 process should be aware of. Their, their, their learning curve should continue to increase. Schedule audits both by an off-site um, immigration uh, provider uh, that is skilled in this practice area and learn how to do self-audits as well. Use the audits as an occasion to review and revise your written policies and to address any problems that come up through the audit. Store your I-9 separate from your personnel files and do not have them out in the open. Put them in a cabinet um, uh, with, uh, with, with particular personnel that have authorization to access them. Complete the I-9s at the same point in your hiring and your onboarding process. Make the instructions to the I-9 form available to your newly hired employees at the time the I-9 is being filled out. In closing, we'd like to say that the constant reform and revision and additions to the law in this practice area make it oftentimes increasingly difficult for employers to remain fully compliant. Over 80% of employers are not fully compliant and are at risk of huge fines and penalties in the event that their business is inspected by government agents. The increasingly complicated process of the I-9 any verify uh, tools and processes makes it much more difficult and time-consuming than ever before for employers. We recommend that you seek out expert advice and training, and feel free to contact Immigration Solutions for your audits, your training, and your compliance needs. We have two very informative websites. One is an employer resource center at www 
i-9audits.com. The other is www.immigrationsolution.net. And you can call us directly at 562-AREA-612-3996. We're located in Long Beach, California. Thank you very much for joining us today. We hope that you find uh, these podcasts informative. Uh, and we look forward to hearing from you and working with you. And sign up to receive our information. You can do that on our website. Thank you, and uh, we'll speak with you later. Bye-bye.